Uh, imagine this back in 1 Kings chapter 17, beginning at verses 17 through 22. Hopefully your Bible has started to fall open to that place. Uh, we've been in there now. This is week number three. And I just want to continue with the theme that my God is Jehovah. Amen. My God is Jehovah. Amen. So we're going to read this together. And I'm excited about what the Lord has uh, given to me for his family, for his church. Let's read this word together. Now it happened after these things that the son of the woman who owned the house became sick. And his sickness was so serious that there was no breath left in him. So she said to Elijah, what have I to do with you, O man of God? Have you come to me to bring my sin to remembrance? And to kill my son. And he said to her, give me your son. So he took him out of her arms and carried him to the upper room where he was staying. And laid him on his own bed. And then he cried out to the Lord and said, O Lord, my God, have you also brought tragedy on the widow with whom I lodged by killing her son? And he stretched himself out on the child three times and cried out to the Lord and said, O Lord, my God, I pray that this child's soul come back to him. Then the Lord heard the voice of Elijah. God hears your voice when you cry out to him. And the soul of the child came back to him, and he revived. Would you say that with me? And he revived. Say it again. And he revived. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word this morning. You may be seated. Well, as we look at this story, and I want to make this as quick as I possibly can, I want to put us in verse 17, but let's talk about what has happened uh, before we get there. Elijah had prophesied to King Ahab. He had said there is coming a drought. There will be no rain and no dew. Nothing will uh, touch the earth that will replenish it. For three and a half years, the Bible tells us that this occurred, and God was proving. How many knows that sometimes God just shows up to flex his muscles and to prove who he is? Amen? And God was proving to both Ahab and those Israelites who had turned their back on God that he was a much greater God than who they were serving than Baal. You see, Baal was supposed to be the sky god. The one that controlled the sun, the one that controlled the rain, the one that controlled the, the crops and the fertility. But God was showing up. And the name of Elijah, I'm excited already. And the name Elijah means my God is Jehovah. You see, there's no God like our God. And there's nothing that will compare to him. And God sits on the throne and no one is able, no one can take him off of the throne. And so we see that my God is Jehovah, the very self-existent, eternal, supreme God. And, and Elijah shows up and he says, oh Ahab, you may think you're in control. And the God that you serve may think he's in control. But my God is Jehovah. He sits upon the throne and he is to be worshipped. And Elijah goes and he hides at Cherith, the brook. And ravens bring meat and bread every morning and every evening. And according to the commentaries, for six months, Elijah is fed and watered and he is taken care of until the brook dries up. And then God told him, 
Zarephath. And there you will meet a little woman. And she will sustain you with both food and water. And you will never be without. Which she did for three years, the Bible tells us. And I, here's what I want us to see this morning. Many times we go through things that we do not understand. Many times there are things that come against us. We experience drought. We experience a, a problems and situations. And many times we bemoan those and we think, God, why do I have to go through this? But all along, God was preparing Elijah for some of the greatest days that were to come into his ministry. And God was preparing him. And God was Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. Look at your neighbor 
said that the Lord will provide. Okay, now we're at verse 17. Here is the widow and Elijah. And they have both been faithful to God. They have done what God instructed them to do. But yet something terrible and something tragic begins to happen. And that woman's little boy begins to grow sicker and sicker. I don't know what kind of sickness it was, but she said he has no breath inside of him. He has died. Uh, he has no life inside of him. And, and we understand this many times. Uh, we begin to question God in the middle of the circumstance. Many times we begin to say, him up to his room. You see, you got to go up. You got to go up into the upper room. You got to go back to that place uh, where you can get a hold of God. Where you can touch heaven's throne. Where you can grab a hold of the corners of the altar and begin to cry and begin to uh, ask God to move. And you see, Elijah wasn't afraid uh, to reach out to God. Elijah had a personal upper room experience with God. He understood how That something happened in the life of this young boy. You see, many times the situation doesn't make sense in our eyes. But God is sovereign. I want you to know that, and I have you repeat it with me, that the good news is that the boy revived. He came alive. Uh, say that with me. He revived. He revived. Uh, you see, the boy, the life began to stir within him. And breath began to come in and out. Seraphath, the place of refining. 
You see, revival will never come until you learn how to dwell in Zerubbabel. To stay there until God has developed you, until God has formed you and fashioned you. And in my experience in watching people, and yes, I watch people, is that too many times they just want to visit Zarephath. They don't mind when the pastor says, come spend a little time at the altar. But they don't want to really die to themselves. They don't want to really die uh, to the world and to the world system. But my friends, we will never experience true revival until we go to the place of Zarephath. That place of smelting where the Dwell there. Become acquainted with that. You see, God doesn't show up in reviving fire until he first shows up in refining fire. We must meet God as a refiner and a fuller's soap. Isn't that weird? A fuller's soap. My commentary said it's like a live soap. It'll clean. I'm talking about deep clean. Amen. You keep your hands in that life so too long, and it's going to begin to peel some layers of skin off of you. And see, God, Amen. he says, I'm going to show up as a refiner and a cleaner of yeah. some dirty clothes. I'm going to show up, and I'm going to help you become righteous through the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You see, the Bible tells us that who can ascend to the hill of Anytime it's coming. 
with the saints. That term of that lie soap, that wanderer's soap, that fuller's soap is a Hebrew term that means to tread. How many of you ever seen in other countries where they show them out there and they got the clothes in a basket and they got soap in there and they're stomping around in there and they're clean, they got the shoes off, they're cleaning up their clothes because they're stomping out uh, the dirt that is in there, they're, they're cleansing them up. And you see, God says, I want to, not that God wants to stomp you down to the ground, but God wants to clean you up so much because He loves you and He wants to bring revival into your life and He wants to bring blessing into your life and He wants to bring up uh, this world to repentance and to Jesus Christ. And he will do it through a holy, righteous church. Refining. To reduce to a pure state. Everything in us that is not righteous must be reduced. And that takes time. How many can say amen to that? It takes intense heat. Elijah was being refined in Zarephath so that God could do even more than what he had already done. How many believe that your latter days are greater than your former days? Oh, yeah. You can see that. Uh, how many believe that the, the latter days of this church are going to be greater than the former days? And so God has called us. He's cleaning us up. He's making a, a, us into new creatures in Christ. We're already that, but he's refining us. He's uh, heating with that intense heat uh, that we don't like, but he's causing us to be more and more like him. But revival might come. Look at your neighbor and say, we need revival. I've been guilty of this, but I'm going to preach it anyway. How, rather than complaining about your situation, rather than complaining about the pit that you are in, realize that God is doing a work for your life. I'm here to tell somebody. Hear me. This is the work you need to hear. That wherever you are, out of that Zarephath, revival will come. Out of Zarephath, revival will come. Though you despise going into that situation and experience that hardship, God has declared that once I have made you into the person that I called you to be, that revival will hit. I believe that God is cleaning up his church. I believe the Bible tells us that in the last days uh, that the church will be a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. And so God is going to bring revival. It doesn't say it's going to be a big church. It says that it's going to be a remnant of people who are holy and righteous and sold out to God. I don't know if it's going to be a bunch of people, but what I do know is it's going to be people who are on fire for the Lord. Out of Zarephath, revival will come. So don't abandon Zarephath. If you expect to be experience revival, don't abandon Zarephath. There is a route to revival. It comes through the refining. It comes through the smelting and that dying place. Pastor, how do we do that? We allow God to do his work in us. We go to him and we say, and can I tell you that this is hard? I've done it before. That nothing is off limits, God. God, you can
can do anything with me that you want to do. God, you can make of me anything you want to make of me. God, I relinquish my desires and my plans and my design upon my life, and I give it all to you. You will experience revival in your life and a fire that will come inside of your bones like Jeremiah said. It's like fire shut up in my bones when you begin to tell God that there is nothing off limits. Seraphath. Out of Seraphath will come revival. So where are you dwelling? Are you in Seraphath? Are you allowing God to rebuke and refine you? Or have you tried to detour? I have a bad sense of direction. I've told you that many times. But I watch people sometimes take detours in their life. Come on. God, it's too hard here. Come on. I watch people leave churches that they should have never left. Truth. And they took a detour. And it was hard and it was rough. And it wasn't any better than it would have been if they had stayed in Seraphath. When you're in a church and you have interaction with other people, but they're not perfect, then they begin to, what's that scripture that says, iron sharpens iron? And they begin to grate upon you, and they begin to sharpen you as a Christian. Not because they're a bad person. But when you, anybody can go off and live holy by themselves. Come on. When you ain't got to put up with nobody, you can be pretty holy or you think you are. Yeah. But, but here he is in Zarephath in the heart of Baal worship with probably the poorest woman that there is in the countryside. And God is refining him and melting his own desire Of miracles. 
would say, Pastor, I, I don't really desire that, but I know it's what I need. I don't want to hear that, but it's what I need. We understand that. If you're watching online, or anyone in the house, every head bowed, every eye closed. And if you don't know the Lord as your Savior, I want to point out something. This young boy died. It doesn't say that he just ran out of breath. It's telling us that he died. And it is a picture of our life before we know the Lord. The Bible tells us that we are dead to our sins, in our sins and our trespasses. But once we have an experience with the Lord, that's the symbolism. Elijah is representing God. And there was an experience with Elijah and that young boy. And he came back to life. That which was dead has been made alive. Amen. And that's the greatest miracle of all, folks. We talk about revival. But souls coming to Jesus. Yeah. What a miracle. What a miracle of God. Hallelujah. This morning, will you be made alive? Will you receive Christ as your Savior if you've never done that? Every head bowed, every eye closed, would you just raise your hands and say, Pastor, I need prayer. I, I need to receive Christ as my Savior. If you're online, just type in the comment section. Pastor Jason is monitoring that. We'll, we'll make sure that we pray for you. If you're here this morning and you're in Zarephath and it feels like it's too much for you, the good news is that you are amongst a body of believers who can pray for you and encourage you and lift you up while God is doing a work in your heart and in your life. If that's you this morning, would you simply raise your hands and say, Pastor, that's me. Remember me in prayer this week, Pastor. I'm in the middle. Yes, I see that hand. I'm in the middle of some hard times. Yes, I see that hand. Yes, I see that hand. Hallelujah. Yes, I see that hand. Yes, I see that hand. Yes, I see that hand. Hallelujah. Another hand. Hallelujah. God is in the midst of doing some greatness amongst us as we all dwell in Zarephath God is bringing revival to his church